Tales from the Tavern was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. I'm Commander Shepard, and Tales from the Tavern is my favorite stream on Twitch. Everybody, we are back with another episode of Tales from the Tavern. I hope you all are having a great Sunday and have had a good weekend thus far. We are very excited to be here with you all tonight. Um, I've got a great group of guests with me tonight. Um, some have been on before. Uh, you probably recognize a few faces, uh, whether from being on Tales from the Tavern or participating in the Extra Life Charity Stream Weekend Extravaganza or like an episode of Tales from the Tavern like two years ago, maybe. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to give everybody a chance to go around and introduce themselves and uh, tell you a little about who they are and where you can find them online. Uh, so GM Alex from Inspired Incompetence, we're going to start with you. Hi, I'm Alex. I am the GM, if you can believe it, of the Inspired Incompetence podcast. Uh, It is a Pathfinder first edition based podcast. We're running through a survival horror campaign called Tyrant's Grasp. Uh, It's been as fun as it's been miserable. uh, And we have weekly releases every Friday. And it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and hanging out tonight. I'm excited to get to chat with you a little bit. Thank you. Kyle, it's nice to, nice to have you on finally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Long time watcher. Finally get to be on. And Long time some... watcher, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can find me at Kyle Express on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I generally just like to hype up all these amazing people that you see around me. And I, um, if you really want to find me, you can find me anywhere with Underground Oracle, helping pitch their wares and uh, play their material because they're really awesome third-party publisher. They are. And if you don't know Jess and Keith, you are missing out. So you should definitely check them out uh, as well. Uh, Lord Richter, welcome back. Thank you. Thank Lord Richter's uh, joined the very exclusive club of the three-time guest, so... <laughs> just as I was explaining, I am now an ace. Yes. An ace guest. Yes. Um, I'm Lord Richter, and uh, I like to hang around the Inspired Incompetence Discord. I also will haunt the uh, Full Round Action Gaming Discord. Uh, there's a couple others that you might catch me at, but uh, I just basically like to cause trouble and listen in. And uh, I actually have started... Uh, with a uh, friend of mine from the Inspired uh, Incompetence Discord, a podcast 
that the best way to describe it is like uh, we're doing the Talking Dead, but for inspired incompetence, and we call it Dice Install. Yeah. Nice. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for coming on. Morgan, welcome back for the first time in a few years. <laughs> it's been crazy. <laughs> What's up, Travelers? I am Morgan with Mindflayed Mondays. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, you guys can find me on social media everywhere except Twitter at Mindflayed Mondays. On Twitter, it's at Mindflayed Mun. Apparently, my handle was just too long for Twitter. Um, our website is MindflayedMondays.com. We are a team of professional dungeon masters, so if you need somebody to run an adventure for you, check us out. We have an amazing team. It's not just me. I have about four other dungeon masters that work with me, and they're all very talented. Uh, beyond pro DMing, we also have D&D-related products, T-shirts and stuff on Amazon and Redbubble, and we also have published content on the DMs Guild. We're no UO publishing. Uh, I love them as well. So I actually just ran a one-shot recently on, a, on Dungeons & Dummies, doing a special UO published one shot on there. Nice. Uh, they are amazing. So I definitely am with you guys. If you guys do not know Keith and Jess, you need to. Um, so that's my plug for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a podcast called Mindflayed Mondays uh, podcast. We drop episodes on Mondays. Uh, we Our main story is a 5e campaign where the players are in a homebrew world where the continents actually float above the planet itself. And it's a very, very interesting uh, group to play uh, to run for so check us out we also do other little one shots of like call of cthulhu um uh, monster of the week different things like that so definitely check it out uh one last note and then i'm going to be quiet uh <laughs> in mid-august i will be guest dming uh the very first uh special one shot uh which we hope will be more uh for dungeon masters and dummies it's going to be called dungeon masters and dragons it is going to be a um charity one shot and we're going to be doing it for st jude's hospital in partnership with extra life so i'm going to be having the opportunity to run this first supplement it's a supplement by mammoth factory and i'm very excited about this more details will come soon so stay in tune for that awesome we're big fans of extra life over here as uh, as you may or may not know um couple weeks ago we just did our own extra life charity stream weekend extravaganza and uh raised just over two thousand dollars in three days so yeah super awesome community to do that with so i hope you guys have wild success um thank you and heck speaking of the extra life charity stream weekend extravaganza how are you (laughs) hey everybody um it's me (laughs) Your heck a lot, or you can just call me heck, either one. Um, you can find me on all the social medias at Sir Heck a lot. I am part of just, just kind of everywhere, um, just a variety of actual play content on just various channels, including uh, Neon Lights Roleplay, uh, Lost Caravan RPG, Nat 20, and the Hype Goblin, just to name a couple of them. Um, just on various dots of their schedules, whatever they'll let me in. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah, um, you can find me in all kinds of uh, other content. Like, I write my own stuff on Itch. Um, I'm starting to delve into uh, streaming overlay stuff, so uh, that's been really fun. Um, yeah, just uh, find me everywhere. Usually the uh, social media is the best place to figure out where I'll be next. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and hanging out. I'm excited to have you. 
Um, all right. So if you're watching for the first time and you've never been here before, let me tell you a little about how the stream works. So everything that we talk about tonight comes from questions from chat. So uh, feel free to drop your questions in the chat uh, and um, we will have a moderator make sure that we get it so that we can answer any questions that you have. Um, if you have some channel points racked up and you would like to use them, we do have uh, the ask my question next feature for a thousand channel points. You can have your question bumped up to the next one in the queue so uh that is also available for you too molly is sitting here uh to remind you all that there's also the uh treats for kitties um she's already gotten some just you know there it's there just in case anybody wants to provide any more treats she's waiting very patiently right now so and it's only 500 channel points. only 500 channel points <laughs> <laughs> but it's also only available three times a night because otherwise that's a lot of treats for kitties <laughs> um mm. so anyway i am going to jump in with uh the first question of the night and this is something that i like to ask when i have people uh on that you know haven't been on before or uh or in a very long time i should say um so <laughs> So uh, if you are playing D&D or another TTRPG of your choice at a physical table with physical dice, do your dice have to match? No. Not at all. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I've, I don't think I've ever not had matching dice, but it's also never really been a problem to, to, to me if... I, I, I've never actually thought about that. I don't think it would really bother me. Well, yes, you can, have you can go. But he has a set of dice that don't match. You see this right here? This is my oh. very first set of dice I ever rolled with when I was five. Oh. My oh. Uncle, they were my uncle's set. These were when they didn't sell them in sets. He built this set himself, gave it to me as my first set of dice, and I've had it for 30 uh, three years, and now they're here in a place on. I've always rolled with sets of dice, so wow. that's <laughs> awesome. Hey, I I have my uh, my box of dice here, and it's just it's just the chaos box. There are so many like different like little different colors of dice here because like I play casters a lot. Like doesn't matter what system, I play a lot of casters. And when you need like eight d sixes to cast something like. I don't need. I don't have the time for all of them to match. I, I said I cast fireball, <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll mix map for spells, but <laughs> of course, I change them all around to get the dice that I need. So I don't really worry about them matching, especially when my main D twenty is a wood D twenty, and that's the only wooden one I have. I... Yeah, I... Go ahead. Nope, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I I always have... Uh, I make a set for my character. So I'll always use the same dice for a given character, and then I'll add in other dice because inevitably I need more than just the, the standard set. Um, but they don't have to match in terms of, like, it's always a pre-bought set for a character. Sometimes I, you know, I make it up as I go. But uh, I can tell you, power dice are mismatched on purpose and they are a set i've heard that actually these are lord richter's power dice that he sent to me uh in their prison where they belong uh because (laughs) because alex can't use them responsibly he used them as (laughs) 
as a GM against players, which is a no-no. Oh. An absolute no-no. It was bad. But see, when he used them as a player just recently, it went really well for him and everything was wonderful. Yep. Can confirm. Uh, I I figured it was it was a fluke, but I didn't want to chance it, and then I used him as a as a player and uh, there's I don't I don't know uh, what kind of pacts Lord Richter's making over there on the uh, the West Coast, but uh, they've got serious power. O- only with the best sort of uh, you know scum and villain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Lord Richter just dropped a picture in our group chat of all of the dice. My, that- my follow up question would be how many? How much dice do you have? How many dice do you have? Is there too many dice? There's no such thing I, as uh, too many. I, well, right. I disagree. I think if they bury you and crush you and you can't lift them, you know, then maybe that's too many. But, no, you know, if that happens to me, then number. it is my time to go. Oh, okay. I need you roll a natural one on your deck save. We're supposed to show up with the chest six pounds of dice and just start pouring them in there. To, to make sure that's back. how I want to be buried, man. <laughs> how much bludgeoning damage would that be? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I think we just figured it out. So when I die, I just want like my coffin filled with me and a bunch of dice. And then it's going to be like a field day when archaeologists dig me up in a thousand years. <laughs> it's like packing peanuts. <laughs> dice. packing peanuts. Oh, my God. <sighs> Chat calling me out. Luna says that so she can justify buying all the dice. Ouch, man. You're not wrong, but ouch. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's see. Um, I'm not even going to get into it because everybody already knows that all my de- dice have to match. They all stay separate from each other. They each have their own like space to be in. So there we go. Um, but we've got a couple of questions that have come in. So we're going to dive in. The first one from chat comes from Jason. And Jason would like to know, what is the weirdest mount or vehicle you've ever seen in an RPG session? I wanna, uh, all right, th- we didn't end up doing this, but in the one shot we ran for the Dungeons and Dummies for UO Publishing, one of the players was a slimeling. He was an awakened slimeling, and he wanted to take like the mis- the mythic. Um, it's a feat, the mythic. Um, I think it's companion feat, and he wanted his mount to be a human. He wanted to ride on a human's shoulder. So he wanted to be a slimeling that rode around on a human. And I was going oh. to allow it. Wow. <laughs> I thought it would be epic. And I was ready to role play the human. <laughs> That's awesome. Did the human have his own oat bag? Yeah. It was a backwards uh, hoodie. <laughs> uh, that would probably be the one for me. I don't know that it's a weird one, but uh, my favorite, uh, and I think of this only because I remember the uh, description of it. And I, if I remember correctly, three five was the version, but there was the uh, the war rhino. Uh, yeah. And that my uh, in playing my son, he insisted on having one of those, oh, and so. I uh, I enjoyed the heck out of the war rhino. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see that at the table. Yeah, I'm not sure how strange this is. I think what's stranger is this has happened in 
two different campaigns, like two very separate campaigns with like different people, different circles, different everything. They both had the same idea of um, a, a Zaraton, so you know, big like turtle, earth elemental thing. Um, one was a campaign that I GM for, um, and I very much like um, modeled it after the uh, lion turtles and uh, Avatar, the last airbender. If you remember those, you know, they're these moving islands, and I don't know, the, the ranger made friends with the moving island and ended up. Uh, really jiving with that and had kind of a, a kind of a ship I guess of a uh, aquatic Zaraton and then a couple years later I'm playing in another campaign and a fellow player just really wanted to um, have this Zaraton we found like underneath a city as his pet and uh, someone donated to chat to make it happen because the GM wasn't gonna allow it first it's like all right, how many how many bits will it take for us to get this pet? And someone did it. Someone in chat did it, um, and was basically yeah this, uh, this paladin's uh, land travel uh, for the the rest of time throughout the story, and it was really great. Wow, nice. As a GM, that's my worst nightmare <laughs> of having having a live a audience, idea. yeah, empowered to just <laughs> do whatever they want. It was the finale. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He he has honestly he has a hard enough time with the chat that can't mess with him. Mm-hmm. You know, that ruins his life. So, giving him a live studio audience the the power over Alex might be too much for him. You might just see him pop on screen. Uh, I had a character once. Uh, we had to make up a stat block for it. She rode a dire pangolin. What is that? So a pangolin is um little fuzzy critter, right? They're not fuzzy. They they have scales. Um, but there's they they sort of look like almost look like an armadillo. Okay, Pokemon Sand Slash is based on is based on a pangolin. (laughs) Okay. So they look kind of like that. (laughs) Um, and they always look like they feel really bad about interrupting you when they walk on their hind legs. Um, but basically, uh. Yeah, they um they just are these big, well not big, they're fairly small. Uh but like scale scaled like armored scales, I should say, not like yeah. snake scales. Um and uh yeah, so we created a dire pangolin um uh stat block. Well, we didn't create it. Actually, there is one out there on the interwebs that we dug up and we used that. And so that was that was her mount. <laughs> I'm picturing sand slash and that sounds like it chafes. Uh, it might. <laughs> I mean, we created like you know a, a harness and a saddle and all of that good uh, stuff. Yeah. So. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Nice. They're very cute, though. They really are. Mm. I'm about to I want put one. something in our group chat. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna. I was just doing that. So I'm glad you are. <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely an animal nerd. I should be. I, I'm going to vet school, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's very cute. Oh cool. my god, that is the cutest cool. thing I've ever seen. Now a dire version of that. Now yes. a dire version yeah. of that. A dire version of that, yeah. and that was that was her mount. So extra cute, and when it looks at you, you just go oh, and forget about hitting what you're supposed to right. get. Right, because they actually have super sharp front claws because they dig a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> just the cutest little sharp paper. claws you've ever seen. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Uh, I never got to ride anything crazy, but I did get to ride on an elephant and on the charity stream I did with Luna last time. Um, and that elephant got turned into a war elephant too. So two yeah. different kinds of one stream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. Yep. That was, that was, I, I saw all of the behind the scenes chatter about that. I was like, this is pretty epic what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put love and help for the game master that day. <laughs> I guess it, the closest thing to a crazy mount I've ever done was in our, the, in my, my podcast before the campaign we're doing now is Skull and Shackles is a pirate themed campaign. And one of the players through a kind of series of events exploring his his past uh he managed to acquire an intelligent sailing ship that it was basically like a it was it was a like an awakened construct that was the form of a sailing ship and it communicated through morse code that's pretty cool actually yeah it was a lot of fun and it could and because of that it could like submerge and everything uh so it could it was a Davy Jones kind of ship. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I listened to um I listened to a podcast where they they have a ship, uh it's actually a, a submarine, but it's basically like this magical boat that when they're out of the water, it's the um for anybody familiar with it, it's the Dice Populi podcast. And um so when they're not using it, it basically becomes this little toy boat that they can carry around with them so that, like, somebody can't steal their boat. Um, but when it's in its, like, true form, it's a essentially a submarine, like a fantasy submarine. Um, and it's called the Tide Pod, <laughs> which I just love. Nice. <laughs> nice. Don't swallow that. Right? Yeah, no. Do not recommend. Do not recommend. Oh how did, how did you kill the BBEG? Yeah. <laughs> we fed it the Tide Pod. <laughs> gave it the Tide Pod challenge. Oh, <laughs> no. And go, here you go. Boom. How old does that works. mean at this point? Oh, my God. We just gave a bunch of players terrible ideas. <laughs> right? This I know. Brought players, to you by players, trust me, as a yeah. player. Hashtag not sponsored. Long-time player. Long-time player. <laughs> I don't need any help coming up with terrible ideas. <laughs> they true. come to me in a torrent of inspiration. <laughs> just a torrent. That's, and that's I fair. have to sort through that fire hose of ideas and pick the very best. <laughs> of yeah. the worst ideas. Yeah, yeah of course, because they're all terrible. <laughs> if they were good ideas, I'd be rich in somewhere. Instead, I'm, you know, playing RPGs. And so, you know, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> Ah, all right, let's see. Um, the next question that we got actually is going to go back to talking about dice. Um, and I actually, I really like this question. It comes from Minky Mew. And the question is, do you have any dice in your collection which you won't use? If so, why or what happened to make you stop using, using them? Equally the reverse, are there any dice you use when you need something to go well? <laughs> see above. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you already saw those dice. I don't use them anymore. They're yes. in a place of honor. They've done many, 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 many characters for many, many years. They were never bad dice. They were always been great dice. But now they're just they're in retirement. They're enjoying their their years of retirement up on the mantle, so everybody could see them. 
Um, <laughs> I feel like I someday, really... like if anything ever happened to those, it would be like in that meme with the, you know, like, were you, was I a good dice set? No, I'm told you were the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, as for, you know, specific dice that I, I go to, not really. I don't have any. I mean, all my dice roll pretty, pretty fairly. Um, I, I kind of do um, what what Lord uh, Richter does. I like to build sets for certain characters. And then, you know, so that will pretty much be the main dice I roll for those characters. And, and that's just stick to it. That's about it for me. So. Yeah, as many times as I like to say, like, you know, oh, that this die is going to dice gel and like isn't coming out. Like I, I give them chances again. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I can't do it. Um, but yeah, I don't think I really go to any like particular ones to like roll super well or anything. It's just the, you know, I'll give you another chance, but you better roll better. Yeah. And sometimes they do. Um, <laughs> that's just where I'm yeah. at. Yeah, I don't. If I have dice that are really horrible, that roll, that just hate me that much, I get them. I get rid of them. I cast them out. They're exiled, never to return <laughs> my dice bag ever. Do, do you ever give those dice away to friends as gifts? <laughs> <laughs> only, only if they if they want that die that badly. Because I, okay. I, true story, hand to God, I had a guy at the table I was at, he pulls out his eight-sided die and he throws it down to make a roll and it comes up a one. And he's like, ah, oh, man. And then he's like, this die just hit. And I go, it can't possibly be the die, dude. It can't possibly. And he rolls it and it's a one. And then he rolls it and it's a one. And I'm like, okay, that's three in a row. Pretty, four in a row, it's a one. Five in a row, it's a one. Then he says, reverse it. So, you know, if he rolls an eight, that counts as a one. It's an eight. And then he rolls again and gets a one because I said, there's no way it's impossible. You could come to one again. I said, God, give me that goddamn die. <laughs> I just give it to me because anything that does that, I got to possess. Because, you know, and they rolled good for me. But if I have anything that bad, I just, I cast them out. If somebody really wants it, they can have it. But, I, you know, I don't, I don't try and sneak and burden people with my crappy dice. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's, there's never that's been about that one a, player that you... Go ahead, sorry. I was just, I, I, took my calculator out real quick that's about a one in three million chance for five it, natural ones in a row yeah it was i yeah i was i was i, I ran the numbers the eight 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 you know one in eight shot and i was like wow i you know <laughs> my my it's great boom that die can do magical things i'm gonna keep it <laughs> yeah he was it, it was it was a thing to behold but yeah no any die that has that much personality and doesn't like me i get uh, no we separate and part raise instantly. Was the player you met, was his name Will Wheaton? Uh, no, 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 no. Wheaton! No. <laughs> Not at all. I don't have any dice that I don't use, but I do have one set that I don't use as often. It's just like this really big oversized set, like the D20 is like this big. Yeah. And then the other dice are really big too, so it just doesn't fit well when I'm playing. Um, yeah. But other than that, I use all my dice equally, and then unless they're not rolling well while I'm playing, and then I'll kind of swap them out. But they once the game's over, they go back in the bag and get to figure themselves out. 
I use those big ones for home defense. So yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think it was. I, I think it was last week. I was showing off some D sixes that somebody sent me that were these metal D sixes that I kid you not weigh about a pound each. They're like you know they're probably like this big. And oh my god, I yeah. We jokingly said that I could keep those next to my bed in case anybody ever broke in. So. Yep. <laughs> Well, so the first couple of people and then crack them with the other ones when they get too close. Just well, throw yeah, a shot at them. Yeah, exactly. You just throw it at them and roll for initiative. <laughs> but yeah, I have a set. I don't use them, but the only reason that I don't use them is because um, I have them more because I think they're adorable, but they are um, admittedly from the manufacturer. They are not balanced. So I don't use them when I play, but they're the... Um, they're the key fish crit dice from Greenleaf Geek. Hopefully you guys can see it. Anyway, they have little tiny goldfish in them. Um, oh, and they're cool. super cute. But yeah, I don't use them because they're not balanced. And right. I just, you know, I like to try to be fair when I play. So, you know. Um, but then I have this set. I actually won them as a giveaway. And I'm convinced that's probably the best set that I've owned and they're really not anything like super fancy, but I've used them for two one shots now and both times they've rolled really, really well for me. And I'm like, well, we're just going to keep using these until they stop. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Um Anybody else? Did, it, did everybody get a chance to answer if they wanted to? Yep. Okay, cool. I think so, yeah. All right, awesome. So. so the next question that we have also comes from Minky Mew, and the question is, how do you think digital TTRPG playing spaces has affected the scene, and what has it done for you personally? So there's a big question for you all. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been very helpful for the community at large. It's empowered a lot of people to find groups where they otherwise wouldn't have access to anywhere usually because there's just nobody in their area playing or they just don't know about it like it's just a very it's a very uh it's a great way to just find people looking for you specifically because you want to play and they need a player at their at their game um and it's you know i i run a podcast so that's it's no uh question that it's been a huge boon for for me and my friends i mean yeah i can definitely echo that and say that yeah it's been super helpful um and to bring like a real life perspective to it uh, i actually started a D D club at my uh, undergrad university um, you know, I went through, like, writing the whole constitution, got an advisor, went in front of student council, like, whole nine yards, got it done. And to see, like, the number of people that, even in the small space, it was a pretty small school, about 2,000 students, um, to see so many people that I otherwise wouldn't have really met or connected with over this hobby come together just on that small of a scale really speaks to how much larger it can be with online TTRPGs. Um, which, yeah, I've definitely seen that at this point. At least personally, I feel like I've gotten to meet so many awesome people that I definitely would never have crossed paths with if it wasn't for this. So, yeah, I, I think it's been very helpful just across the board. Yeah, I really agree. I probably wouldn't have had much chance to play at all if it weren't for the virtual tools available. Um, pretty much all the games I've been in have been virtual, and 
one of like one occasion I've been able to play in person. So having that ability, especially for myself being very introverted and not very outgoing, don't have a lot of like friends um, that live close by me and that play. So being able to get into a community that is virtual and have these accessibility tools to to really chime in and be able to meet new people and um, have that opportunity to play without so many boundaries uh, has been really, really helpful. So I think it's a huge boon for the community, especially in avenues like Morgan with um, pro DMing, which is something I'm starting to look into doing myself. And that's going to be a super helpful tool to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, I was going to touch on that, but I mean, I've been playing. I've been playing since I was five. I started with second edition. I went back and played first edition. I played all the editions, and I played a slew of other uh, games. And I can tell you, and as as some of you who've been playing just as long, when it you know back in the day, it was like you had to like look hard to find people, you know. And if people didn't show up, I mean, you were just like, well, crap. Now I got nothing to you know. I, I can't play, you know. And it was really really hard. And when things have gone digital. And it just and it, it's been digital for a long time, but definitely definitely after COVID, I feel like it's been a lot like a bigger boom. It, it just it's opened up so many routes, not just for us as DMs, but also for businesses. You know, like there's so many people now that you know you got all these different virtual tabletops that are coming out. It's created this whole new market um, for people to to jump in. It, it's just it's been amazing for the community as a whole. There's so many things and. You know, 10 years ago, if you would have said, hey, you're going to be a part of, you know, the TTRPG community and social media, I'd have been like, what? 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 And now I'm like, it's just like this huge digital family that I've, you know, become a part of. And I love all the connections. It's just amazing. And then as on a personal level with the business, when I started this, we were just doing local in-person games. Mm. And when COVID hit, we went digital and it opened up all kinds of avenues for my, my dungeon masters and myself. So now we're, we don't just do local games. We do it for anybody around the country. If somebody wants to do a digital game, we got it. So it's, I think going online has been amazing. It will never fully replace playing with a group of friends at a table. Um, Cause there's just something magical about sitting at a table with your friends and, and you know, having a drink with each other right there in person. But it's a close second. And I, I, I think it's amazing what we've been able to do as a community uh, online. I I would agree. I was going to share that in my experience it has been that it was uh, it was great to go into COVID and be able to continue to game and keep in contact with my uh, uh, local group. Uh, the one thing I did notice um, is that the uh, social skills dropped off a lot because you don't have the kind of cues that you have in person um, and then you know you're not paying attention to them so this so that got a little uh, uh I'm, I'm not thinking the i don't know the, the nearest thing i can think to is in the x-men movie when you know rogue saves herself by soaking up wolverine's healing and then they talk about well she got a little like you for a while and that's about all they say about it with the implication that that was less than fun so we had we had that but you know getting past that um, I think it's it's a good thing. I mean, it gives you the option to stay in touch with people, um, and you're you're not necessarily uh, uh, you know your group's not necessarily destroyed if someone moves away or that sort of thing. So I mean, it, it's good. 
overall. I, I would also like to add, as as a parent with a bunch of kids, being able to stay home and play online has made it a lot easier to be able to participate in games um, mm-hmm. because it's you know it's anybody who's a parent knows it's stressful trying to like okay hey we're gonna meet Saturdays oh no my kid's got the flu I can't come you know or, oh, oh I, I got to take my kid to this event so sorry I wasn't expecting this to happen like but if it's online it's like hey I'll yeah I could be online boom you know it's so much easier uh, yeah. being able to connect with people on a more regular basis so. Uh, kind of building off of uh, what Lord Richter was uh, getting into is uh, I don't have any personal experience with this, but I've I've seen my I've, I've seen quite a lot of, of stories about it where when you're doing anything online, there's a much higher chance with the anonymity factor to kind of let your uh, meaner impulses come out and uh, you kind of do run a higher risk of especially if you're getting into a group that you don't really know having a, you know, a single person just kind of ruin everything uh, with just being rude or disruptive and not to say that that doesn't happen in person uh, at all but I, I from what I've seen, I, I, I feel like you do have that 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 risk kind of does exist a bit more prevalently with uh, with online gaming. Yeah, and I I, uh, I know that my personal group when we did it, we didn't bother turning the video on because that was something we could you know cut and hopefully get better performance out of like roll twenty and stuff. And uh, that was definitely I think that was definitely a, a mistake because I know that. When my lovely wife got her once a year uh, game, by the way, if you're a patron at the right level of fired and competent, once per year, as once per every year you're a patron, they will either, one of them will either run a game for you or you can play with them in a game that they do just, they do special. So my wife set this up and then uh, she claimed she never lied to me, but that's a lie. She lied to me. I suggested it was inspired in confidence behind it. And she says, no, I never use that. I never done Whatever. We turned the cameras on there. We were actually in person and we did it because um, Matt, who not here, was the one running for us. And uh, I think that with, uh, with the cameras on is a much better way. Because then, you know, if somebody says something and you go, oh, or roll your eyes, I mean, you're giving that feedback, but you're also kind of shamed because you wouldn't do that at a table. That's not something you do in person. Um, at least I don't the first three or four times somebody does something. Um, so, you know, it kind of, you know, improves your behavior. And it also, like I said, it, it, it it's the social skills. It keeps those up. I mean, it's not like me where I just ignore them because I just decided I'm going to ignore them. <laughs> I mean, these are people that actually care generally. So, you know, a different, slightly different taste, their brand. Uh Building off what uh, Alex was saying about about that as well, um, as dungeon masters, we have to take our session zeros and a lot of those you know different things that we we, we introduced in these recent years. You know, like you know, if hey, I have a problem with this, you know, all those things. It with it being online, we have to take those things way more serious. Not that you don't take them serious at the table, but again, because there's there's a difference. People get crazy when they're on a keyboard versus in person. Um, 
it really makes you have to step up as a dungeon master and really keep a, keep a handle on your game because if you don't online it can get derailed in ways that you were not expecting very very quickly if you have somebody who's just a bad you know somebody who's just like I don't really care and I'm I'm at home what are they going to do kick me out yep. whatever you know like it, you got to it, it really makes you have to step your game up um, as a dm sometimes so I think for me um the whole digital space uh, really changed my life. And I don't say that to be hyper hyperbolic or anything like that. Like it's um, so I started getting into streaming TTRPGs just before COVID hit. Um, And it was the first time that I'd ever like used a VTT or anything like that. Um, And you know, through that, like, got to meet some really incredible people, um, learned a lot about streaming, got the opportunity to actually start Tales from the Tavern, um, you know, worked on that channel for about a year, moved to a different channel after that, worked on that channel for almost another year, and then took Tales to the Tavern, Tales from the Tavern to this channel. Um, but through the course of that, like, you know, kind of like everybody's been saying, just met some really amazing people, um, you know, people that I never would have had the opportunity to meet had I not gotten involved in playing online. Um, you know, people that I now consider to be best friends and, you know, my better half and, uh, you know, just all of that, that I, I would not have ever had the opportunity to encounter any of these people. And um, I think it's also given me the opportunity to learn more about what I like and don't like at the table. Um, you know, I grew up in, so to speak, in the in the TTRPG space. My first 10 years were um, literally playing with the same group. And so I just had it was the same game same group of people so i had no like variety in i it was just this is how you play this is how the game is played and so being able to play online and sort of broadening the scope of people that i play with it's like oh okay i really like this i don't like this this works really well for me this you know this is a game that i don't ever want to play again you know things like that so um i think in that regard i've learned just a lot as a player um you know, and found encouragement too to even consider starting like the idea of DMing again, which I never would have done otherwise. So, yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. All right, Minky Mew is on it with the questions tonight. Let me just say that. So yeah. Um, not that I don't love the questions, but if chat has other questions that they would like to throw out there. We would love to see those too. Um, but uh, this question is on the social skills side of things, as GMs have digital, sp- uh, have digital spaces made it harder to keep players involved or on track or focused, et cetera. I've, I don't think I've it's heard. Oh, I, w- ahead, I was just going to make a quick crack. Sorry. Which was just, <laughs> I don't think players need any, uh, you know, help or there's anything that reins them in to keep them on track or any of that stuff. I mean, we're a pretty wily bunch, I think. That's all I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, from my experience, mainly because of what I've had to learn going professionally, 
I, I go really hardcore into my session zeros with what is expected from me for my players and what I expect from them at the table. Um, and because of that, I really personally have not had a lot of crazy issues online. Uh, even with my podcast crew, they're amazing players. They, they stay on the ball. They don't, they don't try to break anything. They don't, you know, if they know that we're supposed to be playing this night, they show up. Um, but we all set very, very good standards from the very beginning. So that way there was no confusion or room for somebody to go, oh, well, I didn't know I couldn't do that. You know, like, or I didn't think it'd be a problem. Everybody knows what, what is expected of them, both as a player and as a DM at my, at my tables. So digitally, I really haven't had too many issues with the, with the social skills because everybody knows that it's safe space. They know that everything. So. I found it's uh it's it's kind of a give and take with uh digital versus physical. Uh you know, physical if you're not if you're not digital, if you're all there at the table, uh you're you're a lot more centered, everybody's everybody's there, everybody can focus on each other and the role playing and you know, whatever you have on the table. Uh with digital you ha it's a lot easier to have uh, like visual aids for the game, it's as simple as using the 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 snip tool on Windows, which is like my favorite thing. Uh, to mm -hmm. and you just put it right there in the chat, and you're like, "This is what you're looking at. This is what this guy looks like." Um, but He's on the other hand, tavern right now. He's not getting that favorite tool. But on the other hand, uh, the players are all online too, so you know they. You know they have their you know emails. They have their social medias, uh, and yeah, as it was said, uh, I think as long as you establish that expectation in session zero, um, you're usually going to you know not have that problem too much. I certainly haven't really needed to worry about it. Uh, so if anything, I would say that it's more engaging with virtual because of that. Yeah, I don't have. Oh, you you go ahead. I was just saying, like, just like on in person, you just you're always going to have those people that are going to be more, you know, showboaty and want to be involved and want to do the RP stuff, and then you're going to have the ones that are kind of like, I just want to roll the dice and say what I'm going to do and not get like super descriptive. And but as long as everybody's having fun and they're doing what they want to do in their best moment, like then that's fine. And you just got to understand that, just like you would at the table. Um, and I think you, you know, every group's different and every group's going to have those same challenges regardless of whether it's in person or digital. Exactly. I, I really don't have too much more to add. Like there definitely is more room for distraction, um, being on digital just cause like, like, I don't know, I have two screens on right now. It's like, all right, there's a picture of a pangolin in my background right now. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of stuff going on. So I like sometimes it can be very distracting to have like everything on at once where it's like at least in most physical games that I've ever been and like phones aren't even out uh, like everyone is completely engaged in what they're doing um for the most part um but I personally really haven't had too many issues uh with the GMing uh online um I've never had to be like you know repeat multiple times to someone like what I'm describing or whatever and something like handouts and 
music or not even just visual handouts. If you have like recordings and stuff, it gets like it really gets people listening and engaged very closely. Because otherwise, like, I don't know, they might miss like what this recording is saying. Like, what is this weird omnipotent voice talking to me? And like, why is it doing that? Um, just things like that can like really keep players engaged. Um, which at least like with me as a player and a GM that tends to help a lot. I know that as a player, I personally have a better experience when I can be at the table. Um, and that's not through anybody's fault, but my own, like, you know, I want to click through social media. I want to, you know, like I'm doing all of that other stuff at the same time that I'm playing sort of like you were just talking about hacking. And so when I'm at a table, um, a lot of it comes from the fact that like, I can't sit for a four hour session straight through. Like, I, I just can't physically sit that long and stay comfortable. So playing online can be a challenge, especially when it's a streamed game. It can be a real challenge for me because, like, we might only have one break in the middle. And so I'm, like, doing laps up and down the stairs or something like that because I just need to get out some of that pent up, like, oh, my God, I can't sit there anymore. Um, whereas when I play at a table, like, I can get up and stand. I can move around. I can... You know, uh, we just played a one shot at my house the other day. So it was like, you know, I could go from the dining room to the kitchen and back to the dining room and sort of like still feel like I was part of the game. Um, so that was that's really helpful for me to be able to have the ability to do that. Um, I think I and and I feel like that's more of an opportunity when I'm playing a not streamed game. Um but still online, you know, like if people are okay with sort of setting up that rule ahead of time, like, oh yeah, just take a break when you need it, that kind of thing. Um, but that's a lot harder too, because I don't have speakers connected to my computer. I only have a headset. So if I get up and walk away, I can't hear what's going on anymore. Um, so then I come back and I'm like, oh, I have no idea what's happening anymore. So I'm less likely to actually get up and walk away. So, yeah. yeah. I, I've had that problem too uh like time to put the kids to bed or gotta you know step away for a minute and do this and everybody's role-playing so it's fine i can just i'll just go back and i'll come back and it'll be fine and i come back and i have absolutely no idea where we are <laughs> true story just happened to him a week ago yep yeah i just saw a really good point in chat lady of toast like um, this is kind of why I'm really enjoying the play-by-post game I'm running. No mm -hmm. real rush to answer right away. That's a really good point. There are, like, there are entire servers dedicated to that, and I think it's really cool. Like, I've only barely delved into text RP as, like, kind of, like, a downtime thing, like, between sessions, so I haven't really had a ton of experience with it, but, yeah, it's a great alternative, uh, you know, you don't really have the time to, like, sit down for... You know four to six hours or however long you uh are there for sessions um or yeah i can't uh, focus that long like i i can't do that sometimes uh that's a fantastic alternative very good point yeah Matt, gamer mom Luna, you may need to tell me where you do your play by post because every time i ever try to do them they fizzle out within like two paragraphs <laughs> like there's, there's like somebody's like all right it's so and so's turn and then so and so just never goes They're yeah like, where so, is so and so yeah the one that i'm involved in um it 
it sort of runs into that, but it's really funny because we'll have like this spurt of a lot of action and then like somebody will go away for the weekend and like, okay, well, we can't do anything until this person acts. So, (laughs) you know, so, so that's sort of been a, you know, that's been an issue, but um, I've done other ones in the past where it was, there were more players involved at that, at that time. One of them was, um, so the way that we did one of them was that it was, Less of a play by post and more of like a role play chat, if that makes sense. So we sort of like made up rules for the chat. So we still involved dice rolling and things like that. But it was really like this made up system that we sort of fine tuned as we went. Um, and we made it really, really basic. So it was like, a, um, you know, you roll a d20, a 10 or below fails, an 11 or above succeeds. But the the... Um, you know, if you rolled an 11, you succeed, but barely. If you roll a 19, you succeed really, really well, you know, and then like a 20 or a one is still kind of like your crit success, your crit fail. Um, and then we also did it so like there would be a group of people, you know, they might, um, whoever happened to be available at the time or whatever might take on sort of leading whatever was going on at that point, you know, basically serving as a GM for a period of time. And then when you sort of got to the end of whatever was happening there, somebody else might step in and say, oh, and here's the next thing that happens. And so it was really sort of this like free flowing thing. And it was a ton of fun. Like I had a blast with that. Um, And then I did another one where I can't remember what system we used. It was a while ago, Um, but there was a lot of us involved in it. And that really helped sort of keep things going because it wasn't, you know, like the one that I'm involved in right now, there's only four players. So when someone's not available, it's like it really does stop the entire game. The, The last one that I was in before that, there was like 20 of us. So it was a lot for the DM to keep track of and god bless her soul i don't know how the heck she did it but um it you know she managed it and it was a whole discord server that you know each each channel was its own room in this you know like it was like essentially like a i don't want to say like a murder mystery but each each um it was set like on these grounds so each channel was like um, you know, a location on the ground. So it might be like, you know, okay, these, these are all the channels that happen in this house. This is, you know, downtown. So this is the tavern. This is the, you know, the marketplace. This is the, the, you know, and so people could interact with each other in those various locations, but the main plot was always in like wherever the GM was working at that point. So it was really kind of interesting because it kept people busy, without always having to involve the GM. Like you could just have RP between your characters off to the side. Everybody could still see what was going on, but the GM didn't have to be involved. So that was really nice. <laughs> it's like blue, but bigger. That's so cool. Yeah, it really was. That'd be, cool. <laughs> That'd be really cool. That'd be something to really do cool with, with a group of uh, GMs, you know, yeah. to like run it together. Yeah. That would be like a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I never have good luck with play by post. I love them because I feel like you really get to really express yourself role playing because you have time to think about how you want to do it, and you can really create some amazing uh, written pieces to contribute to the story. 
but I just I always have the worst luck with the other people that are in the game. They're always just they never show up, and it's just like oh. The so um, good. the first space oh. that I was in worked really, really phenomenally for character development. It was like the for just that reason because you could really think about like what your character was doing, and so. This happened to sort of run alongside with a streamed post. And so people from the community could interact with the characters from the stream. And it really gave me um, a pretty amazing way to develop like some deeper attachments to people or, um, you know, like just different things that like, oh, I never would have thought about how my character would respond in that in that way. And now I don't have to come up with it on the fly on stream, you know. It was, it was, I loved it for that reason. Yeah. So, uh, just because I want to give a shout out here, uh, Lady of Toast is actually my um, teammate for the Dice and Salt podcast that I mentioned that you can find at inspiredincompetence.com because I am just unabashed, unabashed still for inspiredincompetence.com. See, I got it in there twice because I'm so clever. <laughs> yeah i uh hell i don't even remember what the question is i i've never done a play-by-post um but what i would suggest uh to uh morgan uh, you is um uh, get on the discord and and check it out with toast i know they've been doing it and toast is really great and as far as i know i know a few of the people playing um and they're really good people so you know you're in the mood and got nothing better to do with your time. Uh, you know, give it a shot. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> awesome. Well, this is actually probably a really great place for us to pause and take a break. Um, we've almost hit the first hour. So, um, before we jump into another question, we'll pause here. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back in just a little bit. Give everybody a chance to refill drinks, let out the dog, free the pee, all that good stuff. And, uh, and we'll be back in just a little bit. So we'll see you soon. All right, we are back from our break. Hope you all had a good break as well. Um, all right, we're gonna dive right back into um, to the questions that we have. And let's see, the next one that we have is, uh, 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 Let's see. Oh, a follow-up question to what we were talking about uh, with the digital spaces. Um, do you think having the ability to private message has allowed players to reach out more than maybe they could in person to deal with an uncomfortable situation as it happens? I think uh, you, your ability to reach out is based a lot on, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, so it's probably not worth much. Uh, less than two cents, I'd say. But I think your ability to reach out to your game master really is dependent on the relationship you have with the game master, which does not matter uh, in relation to the media that you're, you know, that's through, whether it's face to face or you're, you're texting or whatever. I suppose if somebody was a little um, or was new to a game or something like that, being able to message him privately or something could help you know stop something right at the table as it's happening but um you know i i i don't know that that's it's my thing i think it, a lot of it depends on the your trust of the game master from the start uh and your relationship with the game master from the start so 
I would 100% agree. So I think your opinion is worth more than two cents. Yeah, um, it's like at his base level. Yeah, at his base <laughs> level, absolutely. Because like you know, if you don't trust your GM, you're not gonna uh, private message them anyway. But I will say, at least in the format of a streamed game, mm. um, having private message is incredibly helpful for uh, a lot of the people. Like especially me, like I don't want to like interrupt stream or like put up like next card or anything on stream. So like you know, everybody that is watching kind of like knows that there's like a problem um because across the board um uh, some people are very uncomfortable with you know people that are watching having known that there's a problem at the table and the, you know they're they're watching very concernedly as like you know there's a quick cut to break as you know everything is getting sorted out during that time yeah. so i will say that yeah private messaging at least in the stream format is incredibly helpful um because yeah some people don't want to end the stream just like that and so if they can just private message their gm and then there's just a short session and then they can talk about it later that can be incredibly helpful yeah i've seen a stream practically implode for that reason um it was it was messy um you know it was uh two players of a streamed game um one gm'd one of the games and the other gm'd the other game but they, you know, like, the one that wasn't GMing was playing and vice versa. And um, one, of the, one of the GMs in one of the games made a rule call. And the other one called him out on stream and said, no, that's not how we do it. And it was like, oh boy, here we go. And it got really uncomfortable really fast for the rest of the group, for all the chat. Like, I mean, you could just see, like, the whole tone of the stream just came way down um and then afterwards um this was really interesting so what we used to do on the streams is afterwards we would go into a public voice chat in our discord and we would um basically like allow the community to come in and say like hey here's what we really liked about watching your game here's what we didn't like blah 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 and so that inevitably came up between the two of them in that public chat with community members present and it got really ugly really ugly and it just about destroyed the entire stream for just that reason and it was like you know it was one of those things where it's like you just have to respect that the gm made a call and that was the call for the game you know like that was yeah. it <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that, that's the kind of thing, going back to the private message, I think that's the kind of thing that could have been handled like, hey, we need to talk about this, um, regardless of how, whatever the outcome was, but the two of them needed to talk about that without everybody else present. So a, a private message probably would have solved that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but again, I think that also comes back to what Laura Richter said, like if you, how you communicate with your GM, how you trust your GM like, even though they're both GMs, the fact that the player was like, I don't feel like I can just talk to him in private about this and just immediately blurted that out, causing that whole, like, that player right there should have just been like, hey, like, wait, uh, maybe we can cut for a second so we can discuss this or something. But just going, oof, like, yeah, yeah, private. Yeah. Always handle stuff like that in private, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Whether it's digitally or in person. <laughs> Well, and I think uh, you're saying, you know, it works on the GM trust. You're saying always do it privately. But I think that also 
um, taps a little bit of the this digital medium has a tendency to wipe out some of the social cues that might have been caught that might have slowed the guy down or said hey look i'm just making a call here because i want things to move along if you got a problem we can talk about it later or we can take a break after this whatever it is combat scene block and you know sort it out and it, you lose that some of that medium i mean if you can see it it's there but you also can't there's kind of an intent intangible um like you know you have body language but you can also you know put off and exude uh you know emo emotions right like people can see when you're seething with anger right yeah so when you get that reaction that is lost in this medium you can't over this see me just sort of seething if i could pick that up if i'm just you know yeah sitting here you know looking cute like i do um it's just one of those things so, and you do it so well I, oh thank you thank you I, <laughs> I try to give my best sides but you know they're both your best side oh man <laughs> i like morgan so much <laughs> I, he may he may jump to the best gm i've ever had <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, there's a follow-up question from Lady of Toast for Alex uh, asking oh. if you'd ever had questions, uh, issues like that during recording. Uh, with players having problems with each other or yeah. calling... I'm sorry, we covered, we covered yeah, so much. Sorry. No, so kind of like that... Um, that issue kind of like I was explaining about, uh, you know, the player versus the GM making a call and, and sort of essentially getting into it in a public forum. Uh, I think that, you know, have you ever run into something like that during a recording session? Yeah. Uh, we, we right, bicker. Sorry, I just read chat. Just read chat. Stop by. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, uh, we, we bicker more than, uh, more than listeners would, would think thanks to our, uh, our wonderful editor who uh who gets all the infighting out of there but we yeah we there are certainly uh, a lot of like rules disputes uh i mean pathfinders has the uh the moniker of mathfinder for a reason it uh it has a lot of a lot of rules and ironically uh, that's what we were playing when that happened <laughs> oh how about that yep <laughs> and and most of those rules have their own uh, list of sub rules that interact with each other, and it can get absolutely crazy. And uh, there have been plenty of times where there's several just corner case rules interactions going on at the same time, and yet it's such a high stake situation that we're we're trying to uh, interpret the rules as logically as possible but also as the gm i'm trying to keep in mind that based on what my final adjudication is could mean the death of a character uh and in in those cases it definitely uh gets it it, it can get a little heated but uh i'm fortunate to have a uh, a, a group of of you know pretty pretty chill uh players who at the end of the day we we all understand that you know we're just doing this for fun i've never i've never had it uh like linger 
I guess. I've never had any, uh, like, infighting carry on to, like, ruin a, a group that I've been part of. So I'm, I've been fortunate in that. But it's absolutely has happened. Well, I do know that you have an excellent editor for all of your episodes. Mm-hmm. And he's a good game master, too. <laughs> Despite, you know, the way he took my previous comment. Yeah, chat. It's too... It's too bad he's not listening right now. All of this, uh, <laughs> all all of this uh, back padding is just gonna be lost on him. I know. I know he hates it anyway. So I know he he likes to be treated like you know a, a servant at the grindstone, just put to work and never never let up. That's all he's good for anyway. <laughs> uh. Um. All right. Uh, so let's see. Um, anybody else have anything they want to add in about private messaging between players, player GM, anything like that? Just be kind. It's mm-hmm. that simple. <laughs> I never Being thought kind of that. Is I don't... Reaction. You I can don't order that why. shirt from Gem Firefly. Use code Luna ten, Luna fifteen to get fifteen percent <laughs> off your order. Hashtag sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, why, but when you said be kind, it made me want to go rewind. Yeah, you live through the eighties. I was going to say we're dating. We're dating half of our chat here, so let's see. Everybody who knows what that means. Uh, all right, let's see. So, uh, another question from uh, from Minky Mew: What's your creative process like when right like when writing or setting up a game? Do you mostly like to do homebrew within a system or follow modules or anything like that? And where is your inspiration coming from? Well, so, I'm going to answer because mine will be the shortest because I don't do the, the I do the least amount of, of running now. But uh, the last thing that I put together, uh, my inspiration, actually, I drew from uh, knowing that my players were uh, substantially younger than so Pokemon was a big deal to them. And so I, I pulled some uh, inspiration from uh, Pokemon to uh, liven up a Shadowrun game for them. Oh, cool. I think my answer is even shorter. I don't DM. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, I have, uh, I have worked on um, like an NPC supplement um with uh plot hooks and a, and a bunch of people over there but um yeah that was i mean that was done for 5e so that was that was it <laughs> i like to go back and forth um i run a lot of one shots so some of the one shots i run will be completely creative on my end that i use bits and pieces of different worlds that exist already um, one of the biggest themes I like to run are level 20 one-shots for big game punts, like the biggest monsters you can think of. And then it can be even bigger, and I'll spin a crazy plot of why we're hunting this monster. Um, and then other one-shots, I'll use other supplements to just uh, run those and do them justice. I definitely like to use a lot of uh, inspiration from Underground Oracle. I run a few one shots using their their stuff, so um, I really do like the the world that 
Jess's building. So um, a lot of the inspiration I get is from them. Yeah, so I mean, my, oh, you can go. Ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I I'm very similar. I run mostly one shots for the most part, and of uh, like really all different kinds of systems. And I feel like each system I run into kind of has its own like genre, its own vibe. Um, like you know, I just ran a five E Alice in Wonderland one shot that is like very different than this D six uh, system I ran before that, which is a uh, it's called Basic Witches. And it was very much more like a like teen femme movie, like Mean Girls or Bring It On or something like that, um, where like each thing kind of has this different vibe, so I get inspiration from different places. Um, sometimes I'll run pre-prepared stuff um, if there are things in the actual source material for it. Um, for example, a Scurry is a really good uh, example of that. It's a uh, system that actually uses a bunch of different die depending on how long you've been playing the game like how many hours you've been playing the game uh which is pretty cool um they had their own pre-prepared stuff um that was a really awesome story so i decided to go along with that but uh there are other systems that are kind of in between where you basically roll for certain scenarios um if you don't make up your own thing so you just roll a bunch of a uh, bunch of random tables um, to see like where you are, like what the challenge is, who's the main antagonist, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it entirely depends for me, but uh, yeah, there's there's a good mix of both depending on what system you decide to visit. Uh, so for the Inspiring Competence podcast, uh, we almost exclusively run uh, APs by Paizo, the pre-written adventure paths. Uh, so our first campaign was Skull and Shackles, a pirate theme campaign. Our current uh, campaign is Tyrant's Grasp, uh, survival horror. Uh, so the a good bulk of that content is just ripped right out of or interpreted from uh, the book. Uh, sometimes I'll I'll find something on uh, online forum and go, oh, that sounds interesting and kind of meditate on it for a little while and sometimes it might just kind of turn evolve and turn into something and it'll find its way into the into the campaign one way or another that's actually how the uh the the intelligent sailing ship made its way into the campaign i just found somebody mentioned something about a uh awakened construct ship and i went i i saw that and i thought that was really interesting and I thought about it nonstop for the next two weeks straight, and then eventually I found a way to put it in the campaign. Uh, and then for for Tyrant's Grasp, it's you know uh, horror is one of my favorite forms of entertainment, and I I love watching horror movies and uh, playing games like Resident Evil, and a lot of my inspiration for uh, just kind of the the horror-based flair uh, comes from like, Resident Evil or uh, uh, Evil Dead mediums like that. Nice. Um, 
I almost exclusively do homebrew at this point, <laughs> unless somebody specifically asks me to do like a one shot that's already pre-written. Um, I just, I like having the control over my, my, my worlds in the sense of, I don't have to worry about screwing something up that's already like official canon, like in the Forgotten Realms. You're like, ah, you know, I, and I know you don't necessarily have to, but there's always that one player at the table that knows the world better than you. And they're going to give you hell when you don't get it right. So I personally, I just like to do my own own stuff because I also gives me a lot more freedom and, to come up with interesting stuff to give my players as well as throw at them. Like I love creating my own monsters. Um, I love creating magic items. I constantly am doing those things for my players. Uh, so it's the, the it's just easier to do that when you're homebrewing. You don't have to worry about somebody. Well, that's not official. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be. Uh, it's a homebrew world. I mean, the podcast that we're running right now, like I said before, our players are on a continent that literally float above the planet. Um, the planet is pretty much just water, and there's underground networks underneath it. Everything else is high in the sky, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff that I've come up with that world. But what I generally will do is I will build just enough to create the world, and then based on what my players make, uh, based on what my players where they want to explore, then every session I plan accordingly to that. I, I don't, I know some people will plan like weeks out in advance, like, oh, we're going to have all these things that we're going to do. I literally go session by session. So after the session, I will spend the next three, four days reviewing what we did, what the players wanted to do and where they look like they're going. <laughs> and then I will create content based on that. Um, it's, it, it, it just, it makes it more fluid more living for my players, I feel. So that's generally how I run. All right. I have a lot of respect for uh, anybody who primarily runs homebrew content. It's I used to I used to only do that and it's just exhausting. It is. <laughs> having having uh having the the pre written adventure as as a crutch is it's it's so safe and comfortable and uh yeah respect it, it i'm actually i'm actually running two homebrew worlds at the same time because i have the podcast that's in their own special homebrew world and then yeah. for clients i have another homebrew world that i, I run them through and i'm yeah. like why did i do this i'm such a <laughs> <laughs> I really am a glutton for punishment right yeah. do they ever get crossed no i have i have extensive notes um I use, and I use two different things. I use, uh, what is it, uh, Microsoft OneNote for my uh, players that I, I run, my clients. And then I use this thing called Obsidian for my podcast crew. And that way, whenever I'm working, it's it's not just like a different ah. note. It's a completely different program. So that way, they both work very similar. So it's like, that's how I, I do it. And that wow. way, nothing gets crossed. Oh, the th uh, one of the things you said, I, I think it came up in... Uh the extra life about being concerned about a player that has too much detail mm. uh, about a world or too much knowledge of a world. And I'm going to say the same thing that I said then, which is you take that player and you tell him to do the descriptions to give you that information in the background. You put that sucker to work so that all his knowledge is there. And then when people start going, well, I don't think that's right. That doesn't remind me of, Bam! He's got to deal with it. You can just sit back and watch and go, "Yeah, there you go." That's how I feel. <laughs> fair, fair. 
I, I think for me, I just, I always feel like I'm, I, you know, I, I think we get in our own heads. I feel like I'm supposed to know all that information if I'm going to run it. And I know you don't have to, like, I know that, but in my mind, I'm like, I, I got to know these things. And if I don't know them, then I shouldn't be running it. Like, um, if that makes sense. So that's just, yeah. that's how my brain works. So good for you. <laughs> All right, let's see. The next question that we have is from, uh, let's see, we already went that one. So Full Round Action Gaming would like to know if you've ever had a moment where you knew your character would die and you leaned into it. I came Absolutely. super close in a one-shot over the, uh, well, last week. I, my character got down to one hit point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes, but it was also using a system where, like, you know by the end your character is going to die because they already died a long time ago. Um, so I'm not sure if that really counts. What system was that? Um, it was uh, actually a, a, well, a system slash system agnostic uh, thing that I ended up writing. Um, oh, that's cool. Itch, uh, yeah, it's called Locomotive, and... It's uh, basically a system where um, it's you go on different stops in different places and times that you can roll on, actually. Um, and you just go through a series of different places and times and you answer questions um, based on um, whatever you roll. And you can play it as characters, you can play it as yourself. Um, that kind of thing. But then there is what I call the final stop um, that isn't a place or a time. It's actually a person. Um, and you get to have that interaction with whatever person you choose. And it's kind of like supposed to be significant of closure of some kind. And at least for the one shot that we did of that. And like I was playing. I wasn't even jamming for this one. But uh, the final stop we had in uh, our mind was the whatever loved one or person that we wanted to meet um, before passing on to the afterlife. And it was it was fantastically jammed. Like, shout out to Meg Mysteria. They did an amazing job at running the system <laughs> that I wrote. Um, your system. I'd love to that see this system. That sounds really cool. Yeah. It's, it's on itch. I can uh, provide the link uh, if y'all are interested. Please, it's please yeah. do. Very, like, very yeah. simple. But yeah, it's, yeah, I've had a really good time the couple times that I've played it. Very awesome. That sounds really cool. I have I'd an interesting podcast. <laughs> I have an interesting story uh, all, uh, from from my podcast when we were doing our Skull and Shackles playthrough. Um, one of the players, uh, he came to me in private. He said he wasn't really having fun with his character anymore. He wanted to um, he wanted to make something new, uh, and we decided that all right, well we're gonna we're gonna you know kill kill off your character uh, and. Then that'll provide a springboard for a new character. So uh, they're in a in you know combat number eight for the the area that they're in, and there was a uh, a phantasmal killer spell cast on him, uh, which is a you make a will save to disbelieve it, and if you fail that, you make a fortitude save to not die of oh. fear. 
Uh, and I just sent him a private message and uh, podcast, no visual element. So I'm just typing in the roll 20 chat, like, all right, Nick, this is your cue. Whatever, just go ahead and roll. Whatever you roll, we'll just say that you fail. He rolled a natural one for the will save. And then he rolled a natural one for the fortitude save. So we didn't have to pretend anything happened because it just happened for real. Uh, and it was two natural ones that killed him. Uh, so nothing, we had nothing to really lean into, but it was like a, we, we knew he was going to die and it just turned into, there was no, no, no faking required. So the dice were like, yeah, we're with you on this. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you, buddy. Just sit back. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. We'll roll your ones for you. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I mean, I've had plenty of characters in Call of Cthulhu games die because it's very, very easy to die in it. And I've always leaned into it. But I think uh, the most interesting for one for me was when I was a kid in, in 2E, I was playing a paladin. And at the time, I was really on this whole, you know, holy warrior kick. I was at that age where, was, you know, knights were just super cool to me. And um, we fell into this pit. My uncle was running the game. We fell in this pit, and it was a bunch of, uh, I can't remember what they were. I can't remember if they were wraiths. Whatever, but they were the ones that could drain levels from you when they hit you in 2E. And you, like, lost levels permanently. There's no, oh, short rest or long rest and they come back. No, they were gone. You lost levels and they were gone. It was nasty, brutal. And everybody was, yeah, everybody was, like, dying. And I'm like, my cousin, he was a wizard. He's like, I'm going to teleport out of there. I'm like, I'm going with him. My uncle's like, you're a holy paladin. You can do that. But if you do, you lose all of your abilities. So I was like, well, I don't want to be a coward so that i had to like stay there and fight to the death and i after that i, I never played a paladin again and to this day <laughs> i have still not played a paladin <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get right, right back up on that horse man <laughs> your paladin died a glorious death you gotta pick back yeah. up come on i know i know i know but you know it's like no never 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 played a paladin again but honestly i should because 5e it's not nearly as brutal Mm-mm. on paladins like no. 2e was it's not nearly as brutal. Not br- brutal like anything that Tui was. Tui was brutal. Uh, the good <laughs> days. The good days. Yeah. With Thaco, these younger generations, they don't know oh, about Thaco. I love Thaco. <laughs> love Thaco. Yeah, can't rewind VHSs either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say this. Thaco helped me become good at math. So, you know, when you start doing, when yep. you start having to figure out, like, how to hit armor class zero as a five-year-old, you get pretty good at math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, Thacko, just an aside, they, they used to have the tables. If you've seen the first edition books, which you said, the tables are so much easier. You didn't have to remember. You just, you know, remember, I'm going to say, see, it's that, boom, done. Find out the table, done. Thacko, you actually had to, you know, do the math in your head and try to make it, you know, better so you could get yeah. faster. Oh, man. But, yeah. But yeah, that was for me. It would be I leaned right into it, but I didn't want to lean into it. I was just like, well, <laughs> I kind of have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah poor, poor five-year-old being forced to do that. Nice. <laughs> I was ten. I was ten at that point. I was ten. Not much better. <laughs> Twice is rough on you. Right? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. And that was actually my first character death ever, too. It, it was that was that was that paladin. Dang. It was the first time I ever died. So. Yeah, I got to play Paladins again. Their smite is too brutal. I have not had a as myself a player die, 
Um, I've almost killed one player as a DM in a level 21 shot. Um, but he, he just, just barely got out of it. Um, but that was a really fun one shot and, uh, he was, a uh, a good sport for it. What about you, Luna? I, um, I've only had one character death and it was very unexpected. It was basically a, like a one hit kill. So I didn't really have time to lean into it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've told the story before. So people who have watched the stream before already know it, but, um, I was playing a centaur. We were in like a crypt, walked into a room. I was the only person strong enough to open a sarcophagus, which is a bad idea, but I was a fairly new player at the time. And uh, so I open a car sarcophagus, out pops a vampire, cast Slay Living, end of character. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. Um, that's the only time I ever ever had a, one of my characters die. I did, and, and again, this was another thing that, like, I didn't see it coming, so I couldn't really lean into it, but um, I uh, I did have a character who, she didn't die, but her, she was in a relationship, and the person she was in a relationship was on a ship that got blown up. And so, that was really tough. Like, because again, didn't know it was coming. She, you know, it was an NPC that she was in a relationship with. And, um, and so the DM, I mean, really used it to his advantage to like progress the story along. And, um, you know, it, that I think I would have been able to lean into that one harder, but again, didn't know it was coming. So, yeah. yep. When you move the sarcophagus, you kind of lean down. So you kind of leaned. I mean, that. yeah. Yeah. Lean into the hit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right into that slay living. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so what I heard from that, Luna, kind of the, the bigger story I got from that was when a GM kills NPCs that you're invested in, it hurts a lot. It right? does. It that's, hurts that's a lot. I have a feeling there's a story behind this question, but yes. Nah, no, not at all. It's just checking. That's all. <laughs> no. Okay, so no stories. Great. Not um, not even three of them. Oh, oh no! <laughs> That's terrible. Oh. <sighs> I kind of want to know now who's Jando. Oh yeah, Victor. Who's Jando? Wow, you're going to throw that on me to have to explain your bad behavior. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I the one who brought it up? <laughs> no, I just asked an innocent question. What yeah. the heck? It wasn't loaded or anything. I, I don't like <laughs> questions. They're just questions. Yeah. Not my fault your conscience is guilty. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, we have one last question that we can get to before we have to wrap it up for the night. And this, I think, is a fun one to end on. Um, so the last question that we have tonight uh, comes from Jason, and Jason would like to know, if you created a dragon outside of the standard colors, what color would it be? Ooh. And I'm going to throw in a bonus half to that question, and what would its breath weapon be? 
So what what additions and systems are we talking about here? Are we talking about like five E? Are we talking about older, like across the board? Like, I guess I would say across the board. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously, if you don't know if a color exists in that system, that's one thing. But <laughs> yeah, because it's just like, oh, I I don't know. Um, Purple. I, that's what I was thinking too. Purple dragon. <laughs> yeah, because I think those might have existed in some other edition. I don't actually. Actually, know. Uh, purple dragons. Just real quick, there's Forgotten Realms had them, and they purple dragons were uh, uh, an especially like dark version of of the black dragons. Okay. Remember, that's where the Coramine had the purple dragons as a, an order of knights, but that was where it was taken from. Was that the Coramir was originally a territory of a really. Uh, important big nasty pur- uh, black dragon who was colored with purple some i as a like a tint i think or something but i think mm. it, the idea was you were if you were you know either old enough as a black dragon or something like that then you picked up this possible color i didn't know that and now you do and we knowing is half the battle <laughs> And now this is an educational stream. I treat monster manuals like field guides sometimes with just like the amount of knowledge I kind of <laughs> put together. So there was like this little inkling of like, oh, I think that's that might exist. I think gray dragons might have existed at some point. I don't really remember. Um, I know I had like kind of a reskin slash homebrewed one uh, gray dragon to have like a uh, like stone breath basically and like you'd have to roll con saves or get paralyzed slash turn to stone um, which would be cool but a newer one that came off the top of my head um, I think I would do a pink dragon and it's yeah, those into me into me it was a very special thing not a lot of people know about it but sorry i just want to let you know they oh, had that yeah yeah pink dragon and it's breath weapon would be bubbles Nice. I like it. It'd be very cute. Love it. I am working on a specific dragon for my podcast crew that they don't know about this yet. And I don't think anybody are watching it, but uh, we're dealing a lot with like void type creatures, things that are corrupted by void magic and void itself. So it'd be pretty much like black, but like a liquid black, uh, the scales. And the breath weapon would be something has to do with uh, corruption as well as also de-aging one of those things like a mixture or like not de-aging but aging like aging somebody yeah so it'd probably be like necrotic in the sense because necrotic kind of does that like a tar dragon be, yeah but yeah. it'd be like a thing where as they're getting hit by it, instead of like melting the skin they see them literally begin to age um from the breath weapon so yeah they're gonna have fun with that i'm gonna use yeah, they're that gonna, they're gonna have a lot of fun with it i think they will i was thinking maybe like a slime dragon Nice. Ooh. And then, like, their breath weapon would be kind of like gelatinous cube. <laughs> nice. It summons gelatinous cubes. It. it comes like rain, rough terrain, and like it heats your skin slowly as you're standing in it. It's oh, like it's blowing no. a like a big old <laughs> bubble gum bubble, and yes. it gets bigger and bigger, and then it just like <laughs> fl- like flops onto the ground. <laughs> the uh, the guy the guy that normally runs at my table actually had that. In his 2E game, he had a black dragon, I believe, that uh, breathed gelatinous cubes. And the party hated it. I so can't he's like, imagine you know, no, yeah, but... no, cube. Crap! Gotta dodge that zone. Gotta dodge it. And then, you know. <laughs> they, oh. 
That's funny. I was thinking about, um, like, one of those... You know that shade of black that doesn't always look black? Like, it looks kind of, like, purpley, yellowy, goldy, like, depending on the light that it's in? That. That's the color. <laughs> chromatic, kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Well, like, that, you know, like... That dress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's not get into that dress. I'm sure that's the dress dragon. It's the dress dragon. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're all night. No. It's blue. It's gold. No, it's blue. <laughs> it's breath weapon is confusion. It's, yeah, I was going to say it's breath, it's breath weapon is just yes. It just does all of them, like depending on what color you see. <laughs> nice. Somebody write that up quick. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think I mean, I'm just a fan of dragons in general, so I I could probably take that prompt and run with it a mile, but <laughs> Well, it's it it is one of the things that's been done a lot. Mm-hmm. I know the uh, you know, they did uh hang on one second. I got a husky that just every time I start talking, he's decided he has to bark now. Oh, ah, yeah. He has hang things on. to say. Yeah, right now. What I do mean, you have I to love, say about dragons? I love you. Yeah, I what color dragon is your husky? Yeah, what color dragon is your husky putting together for us? Uh, <laughs> well, he's black and white, and so you know he's he's into that. So it's a black so it's and, and white dragon. He, uh, Got it. Could be yeah. like a cow dragon. Like oh a, well, I think he was going for control. You know, kind of the whole you know, never seen a black and white before. <laughs> yeah, his weapon is walkies. How, how yeah. about that? How about a cow? How about a cow dragon? And when it breath weapon, and it's just sonic, but it's just a loud moo. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I love that idea. You could do that with so many animals, though. Yeah, you really could. You just yeah, it's just one of those ones you just reskin it to fit the like the area that you're in. Yeah, I hear it out. Hear me out. This uh, you know, like those like um round like wheel toys that you like you pulled the string and then it would like go around and go to like a certain like barn animal noise you yeah you, yes! you, yeah, you pull yeah. one of those to decide what sound the dragon oh my makes. god <laughs> it's so chaotic i love it i want to do that now like just <laughs> yeah oh my barnyard gosh. Yard dragon that's what barnyard it is the barnyard dragon. dragon barnyard dragon i love it <laughs> Well, then he has to be named McDonald. I was about <laughs> to say that. McDonald yeah, the Barnyard Dragon. McDonald the Ancient. McDonald the Ancient Barnyard Dragon. There you go. Oh, gosh. There you go, chat. All you DMs out there, take right? that and run That's over. a freebie. We're giving you that one on a silver platter. <laughs> Every man has to be twice. Yeah. Uh. It's got a moo moo. Quack, quack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets two two breath attacks at a time. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we are about at that point where we need to start wrapping up. So I would like to have everybody go back around again and um, and just uh, remind us of who you are, where we can find you on the internet, anything that you have coming up that you would like to share. Um, we're going to go in the reverse order from when we started. So we're going to start with Heck this time and work our way around the other way. So Heck, I turn it over to you. 
Oh no, I gotta remember what I'm in now. I'm pulling up my calendar. <laughs> oh, hey everybody, it's me, Sir Heckalot, or Heck. Um, you can find me on all of the social medias at Sir Heckalot, including Twitch, Twitter, Itch, Instagram, kind of just everywhere. Um, it's the best place to figure out where I'll be next in the TTRPG space. Um, but as uh, kind of a preview coming up, you can find me on Lost Caravan RPG tomorrow, playing as a skeleton. Uh, we're all going to be skeletons defending a dungeon instead of uh, going through a dungeon. That's so it's going fantastic. to be very interesting. Um, yeah, it's like its own system and everything. They're like different like types of skeletons. It's, it's going to be wild. You're, you're not going to want to miss that. Um, you can find me uh, on the Hype Goblins channel every Saturday playing Numenera. Um, we just got like past the halfway point of the campaign at this point, and it has gotten just like there's so much lore, there's so much political intrigue. It's so cool. Um, our DM, Jen, does like the best job at laying it all out. Um, there's still like a ton of different like lore and stuff that you can see in our uh, Discord channel um, to catch up pretty easily. Um, it's also in podcast form, all that. Um, and then you can find me on Nat 20 every other Thursday playing uh, All Hail the Queen. It is a Tyranny of Dragons campaign um, that uh, we just past i think we're yeah we're level 11 right now so uh we're kind of getting into the thick of uh, the dragon cult and figuring out what's going on with it so it's very very cool um other than that um yeah you can just find me around neon lights sometimes you can find me around uh what other channel have i not mentioned yet i think i've mentioned the other three so yeah i know i've covered all my bases uh that is it for now. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and hanging out tonight. It was awesome to have you, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Morgan, we'll go to you next. Hey, guys. Uh, Morgan, my play Mondays. Uh, we are a team of professional dungeon masters. Um, I started this a couple years ago. It's grown significantly, and we're still growing. Um, besides the D&D that we run for clients, I also have a podcast that we release episodes for. It's called the Mindfully Mondays Podcast. You can find it pretty much at almost everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, we do it through Anchor. We have Spotify, Apple, and a whole ton of others that you can find the episodes on. Um, besides that, on Tuesdays, I get to be a player. It's the only time I get to be a player, uh, typically, and it's on Zealzaddy's live stream channel. So if you check out Zealzaddy on Tuesdays around 9 p.m., uh, you'll find us there. It's an amazing game, a lot of fun. Um, and other than that, I'm going to be on guesting on the Dungeons & Dummies uh, stream sometime in August here for a uh, Extra Life charity. And there's another one that me and Gamer Mom Luna are both a part of that's coming up um, on the 27th and 28th. It's called Weave Racers, where we get to be Mario Kart characters in it pretty much. And that is also a charity game that I'm going to be involved in. So I'm super excited. Yeah, that's going to be super fun. I am excited. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on tonight, Morgan, and hanging out. Um, always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, let's see. Next, we'll go over to Lord Richter. Yeah, I'm Lord Richter, and uh, you can find me hanging out in uh, Discord. I don't uh, do Twitter. I don't do the other stuff. That's just what I am. But I hang out in Discord. I hang out at... Uh, Inspiredincompetence.com's Discord. I hang out at Full Round Action Gaming. And, uh, of course, you can always drop me any kind of message at uh, Luna's Discord, uh, since I know everybody is in that one, right? Um, and 
project-wise, uh, we've just started, like I said, that uh, podcast where we talk about the episodes of Inspired Incompetence. Uh, we're calling it uh, Dice and Salt, and uh, our very next episode drops tomorrow. So if you're interested, check out Inspired Incompetence, and then come listen to, to ours. But I'm going to warn you, ours will be full of spoilers, so make sure you're where you want to be. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure to get to chat with you. And um, yeah, it's nice to nice to have you on again. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. And you can find me at Kyle Express on all the socials. And you can always find me in Underground Oracle's Discord channel. Um, and I'm generally just hyping up all these amazing people. And you can find me in the TTRG. TTRTGP space, just basically shouting all these people out, how awesome they are. Um, so come and join me. Kyle's one of the awesome people on Twitter. If you're not following Kyle, you definitely should be. So do that right now. Go. Um, actually, go after the stream. Um, and then uh, GM Alex, tell us about you. Yep. Uh just real quick, Lord Richter's podcast, Dice and Salt, is on the Inspired Incompetence feed. So if you're looking for them, that's where you can find it. So, uh, yeah, I run the Inspired Incompetence podcast. I am the GM. Uh, we've got uh, fully completed Skull and Shackles pirate theme campaign uh, in the books. And we're currently working on, we're about almost exactly halfway through our Tyrant's Grasp survival horror campaign, all Paizo APs. Uh, and we actually, I forgot to mention this at the opening, we are going to be at Fandom Fest in Schenectady, New York on August 13th. And we're going to be running a live session, uh, sort of a, a what-if scenario. We're taking a an event from our Skull and Shackles podcast and kind of going off the rails with it a little bit with, you know, what if things what if things worked out a little differently? And we're going to try to get that recorded for uploading it into our feed, but uh, we'll see how the audio sounds with, you know, big open space with a lot of people talking. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get that on the, on the waves. But yeah, we're... Uh, our website's inspiredincompetence.com. You can find our Discord on there, our our Twitter handle. Uh, we have lots of affiliates for uh, cool dice and other gaming uh, merchandise. Uh, all of those links and the coupon codes are in uh, on the website right there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on and hanging out tonight. It was a pleasure to get to meet you Uh Finally, <laughs> um, I know we had talked a while ago, so I know. So, yeah. So this thanks for having great. me. Yeah, my pleasure. So, so good to have all of you on. Um, I am Gamer Mom Luna. This has been Tales from the Tavern. We are here just about every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we talk all things TTRPG. So um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, as Morgan mentioned, um, the only one shot that I have coming up um, for those of you who haven't heard, we had to cancel the one shot that was supposed to be on 819. Um, and so on the 27th uh, is when I'll be playing in the Wave Racers, Weave Racers charity stream. And um, I will be uh, on the 3 p.m. Eastern time 
stream 12 p.m pacific um so round two i know it's going to be that game right now is me uh jamie moonchild who was on a week or two ago and uh david who is the fungin master of good better quest as part of my group as well so uh should be a lot of fun i'm really excited about that we are going to uh go raid a good friend of the channel uh we're gonna go raid uh gum malau if you don't know gum uh definitely uh drop a follow say hi gum is a very good egg and uh we are big fans so um i'm allowed sorry i'm so sorry gum is gonna be at our live uh, session at fandom fest very he's gonna be joining us all the more reason we should go say hi so yes yes awesome all right well i hope you all oh no he just raided us <laughs> That's funny. Okay, well, we're then we're not going to go raid gum. <laughs> that won't work. So we're going to go. We're going to go raid. Um, that's funny. Uh, we're going to go raid Perception Studios instead. Um, let me retype that. Uh, we're going to go raid Perception Studios. I believe they're playing D anD D. At least that's what they were doing the the last time I looked. Um, so if you are not familiar with them, um, sometimes tonight is not one of them. Sometimes they play D and D using essentially Muppet style puppets. They are freaking hysterical. Um, (laughs) highly recommend they, like I said, the puppets are not there tonight, but definitely drop them a follow so you can catch that sometime because it's well worth it. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Tales from the Tavern. You can catch this podcast recorded live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv forward slash GamerMomLuna. All of our questions come directly from chat, so we never really know what to expect when we go live. If you ever have a question or would like to add something to the conversation, feel free to reach out on Twitter at GamerMomLuna and use the hashtag TFTT. You may just get to hear it answered. Thanks so much. I should go.